I was happy to have a chance to have an Orange Sox interview with Jessica, whose daughter Eliana was born with Pierre Robin sequence. Although often diagnosed in utero, Eliana's condition was a surprise to Jessica and her husband. All right, so Jessica, when did you find out that your daughter had some issues? Um, well, actually when she was born was when we found out. So she was breached and so I had to have a C-section. So we had a scheduled C-section. You know, you're in the OR, they're prepping you. So they take her out, they bring her over to the table and start inspecting her. And at this point, my husband left my standing by me and went over to her, you know, and they're checking her out. And you know, as the anxious dad he is, he's like, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And she's like, yep, everything's doing good. And then he said, as soon as she started feeling around the mouth, she goes, oh, and he was like, what, what's wrong? And he goes, she has a cleft palate. And so as they're doing this, they're still checking her out. One of the nurses comes over to me because I'm still on the operating table. And she goes, just want to let you know, you know, she's looking good, but she does have a cleft palate. And I was trying not to be emotional and I'm, you know, trying to be reserved. And so I'm like, okay. And so they finally finish her up and they bring her over to me and, you know, lay her on my chest some as I'm still on the operating table. And I look at her and I'm like, you look completely normal. Because when I heard cleft palate, my first first thought was cleft lip, cleft, lip yeah. cleft palate. And I looked at her and was like, there's no cleft lip. And so we found out she had the cleft palate. And the first day or two, that's kind of all we were being told was that she has this cleft palate. They took her to the NICU. They were watching her there. They said, we just want to watch her. At some point they started mentioning, oh, she has a recessed chin too. We want to be looking at, like we want to watch that. So we're like, okay, but that seemed like the minor thing. It was like, oh, she has a cleft palate. That's her issue. This recessed chin is just, I don't know. Mm -hmm like a freckle, okay. Um, and then it was probably around day three that we were sat down and we were kind of explained more what was going on. So she had a recessed chin and that was the main reason why they were keeping her in the NICU because your tongue is connected to your bottom jaw. And so because her chin was way far back, so was her tongue. And so her tongue was falling back and blocking her airway. And so that was her major issue was that she was blocking her airway, essentially choking on her own tongue, desatting, and so it wasn't safe for us to have her not outside the NICU. She was born on a Wednesday. By that Sunday, she was transferred by ambulance to another hospital that would take care of the diagnosis better. I think the first time we probably heard Paroban was when we got to that hospital. The first hospital we were at, they knew, I think, what was going on, but they knew really that the resources they had at that hospital, they couldn't do anything, so they transferred us. And that's when we started getting talking to about the Pyroban and um, what she eventually had was a mandibular distraction. We got to that hospital and they kind of have a protocol for kids who qualify for, who have Pyroban but qualify for a mandibular distraction because there's different things that you can do for these kids. Some of them you can just have them positioning if they are always on their side or their stomach, they breathe well. So they did a sleep study on her, just general observations and decided that what she needed was surgery. And so at two weeks old, she had a, a mandibular distraction where they actually broke her jaw and put in these distractors, but that helped inch the jaw forward or not inch it, but you know, tiny, tiny movements. So 
twice a day. It was always at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. She had these little screws that would stick out behind her ears and they would turn them just a tiny bit and it would move her jaw forward. And because she's a baby and their bones grow so fast, new bone growth just happened. So it took them about a month, but they moved her jaw forward to the point where then her tongue wasn't falling back. And I remember the first time, it was probably when I was feeding her, I was feeding her and I saw her tongue like past her gum line and I was just shocked. I was like, there's your tongue. Where before it was so far back there, it would only be if she was crying and had her mouth wide open, could you see her tongue? So what were your thoughts? When you when you found out that you that your that your daughter had this issue, what, what were you thinking? Did has anybody in your family had this issue? No. So it can be genetic, but our case was isolated. So it was just completely random. They don't really understand why it happens as it does. They understand why she gets the cleft palate though. So as you're growing, and this happens around like 12 weeks in utero, but her chin didn't come out as far as enough. So her tongue was up on the roof of her mouth. So as her palate was forming, that hole stayed there. So it's actually a U-shaped cleft where a lot of kids with cleft lip, cleft palate will actually have a V-shaped hole, but hers is like a U, just like her tongue, because that's what was, it kind of got stuck up there and so it didn't form. So a lot of times you'll hear it referred to as pyroband sequence because it's kind of this sequence of events. Your chin doesn't go forward, so then you get the cleft palate. So when we first found out, I think there was kind of this just shock and disbelief and then knowing that you're gonna have to plan for this NICU stay that was never in your original plan. So then it was also trying to figure out like, how are we gonna handle this? You know, we had two and a half year old who needed attention, who can't just hang out in the NICU all day and who really didn't like hanging out with other people besides myself. And so I remember talking to my husband and he's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, before she was born, you know, before we knew there was any issue, you know, all our friends and all our family said, oh, we're here for you. Like, it's like, we just need to start calling people and asking for help. Like, this is the time. Our church was great. Somebody from our church was able to kind of come be our babysitter with our daughter. She would go down to the hospital with us. So my daughter could still kind of be with me, but then they could go off and explore the hospital hospital as well and it was a children's hospital so there was playrooms and stuff for them. They also brought us food so basically for three months I didn't cook anything. <laughs> We'd have food brought so yeah I don't I don't know what my initial thoughts were. I remember going back and kind of reflecting on the name we gave my daughter which was Eliana Mercy and I thought both of those names kind of fit her so Eliana means that the Lord will provide and he really has through her birth and I thought and Mercy is kind of what he gave us through this whole situation. I know too there were some thoughts you worry about their future and what it's going to be like. I remember when I was still in the hospital recovering, worrying about her, you know, getting older and dating and are you going to find a spouse who's going to love you despite this, you know, and you start looking at um, trying to find other people who are in this like same situation and kind of what do they look like and my sister was really helpful giving me reassurance you know that uh, just 
about your facial appearance isn't, you know, you're the only reason somebody would love you. But I think you, you worry about that stuff. You worry about, you know, when they're in grade school, what will other kids say? And at this point, her facial features look normal, but there's kind of still this long road that she's going to have. And sometimes there's still some of those worries. We know that she's gonna have to have a cleft palate surgery still. So we have that one, you know, marked in our minds. But sometimes as kids like her get older, their chin doesn't grow the same rate as the rest of their facial features. So sometimes they have to have another mandibular distraction, which when she had it at two weeks, I mean, babies sleep most of the time anyways, she doesn't know what's going on. But then you think, is am I gonna have to go through that process with my nine-year-old who is gonna understand, who is gonna under understand and remember the pain that she's going through. So there's still some of those worries, but then there's also just the reassurance that I know God will provide. I know that uh, he gave her to us for a specific reason. It wasn't coincidence that she was brought into our family, that she was even born with this diagnosis. And I just think that, you know, through this, there have been seeds that have been planted and her life will make a difference. And she's being shaped into a person that she's going to become. And part of her diagnosis is part of that because she's going to be different having gone through this road. And I even think with my older daughter, even though she's, you know, only two and a half, that this is shaping her too, because doctor visits are becoming something that's commonplace for her, but it's actually positive. And so she's going to doctors and she loves going to the doctor's office. And we talk about the different types of doctors. Oh, this is the ear doctor. This is the eye doctor. And she'll ask me questions. And so in a way too, it's shaped, even though she wasn't the one diagnosed with it, it's shaping her to become this different person. There's no way to know how they would be different without this diagnosis, but I know that it's shaping them into better people and having kind of this focus on others. Well, you know, and you've actually answered a question I was going to ask, which was what impact her life has had on others around your, your family as well as your extended family. And you have anything in terms of your parents or, or your husband's uh, parents? Uh, how's, how has she affected uh, them? I don't think she has affected them any differently than a normal granddaughter would. I mean, they love and gush over her. I think there's there's more prayers they probably have for her than the typical baby. But I mean, their reaction to her is just like any other reaction that a grandparent has for their grandchild. In our bigger circle, because our church has really, really rallied around us behind this time, you know, we constantly kept them updated with stuff that was going on. And even though I don't know the full extent, I think our kind of walk through this as a family has impacted other families, giving them this kind of different perspective. Because you kind of, when you're pregnant and you have a baby, you expect that everything's going to be normal and perfect and just this like sweet story. So to see it not be the sweet, easy story, but to still see that everything still worked out okay, I think has impacted people through that. And I mean, at this point, she is only six and a half months old. And I just, I, I know that her story and her experience will impact even more people as, as we, as she continues to grow and as kind of our story grows as well. Sure. So now if, if I came to you with a new diagnosis that I had, a, I had a child with this, with a similar diagnosis, what advice would you give me? So I'm now brand new to this. Maybe I find out in utero, maybe not, maybe it's something mm -hmm. post, but I'm confused or I'm whatever I am. What, what would you tell me? 
Well, take one day at a time. I think when you start trying to worry too far ahead, you just kind of get yourself in this, I don't know, like worry rut. Cause you can't worry about the future. I remember, you know, her still in the NICU and worrying about her cleft palate surgery that was 12 months away. And it was just, you can't worry about the future as much. You kind of just have to take one day at a time and one diagnosis at a time and start if as a new parent with something diagnosed start recording everything so when you go to a doctor's office write down who you visited what was said start a binder with all of their paperwork in it keeping track of everything because you'll have people every new person and every new doctor is going to want to know everything and so you need to know specific dates and who said what so that was something that our our pastor's wife had a, they adopted a boy that had cleft palate, cleft lip. And she told me pretty early on, she said, start a binder. And that has really been <laughs> invaluable advice and something that every doctor's appointment I go to and they ask me a question and I get out my binder and they're like, oh good, you have a binder. Um, <laughs> so the doctors appreciate it too. Well, that's great. So any last words that you might want to offer? Because uh, as people are going to listen to your story, any other things that you would want to want to say? It's really hard seeing your child go through surgery. So at this point, she's had two surgeries because she had the mandibular distraction surgery where they moved her jaw forward. Um, and she had a second surgery when she was five months old to actually remove the distractors because there was these metal bars in there. And it's really hard seeing your child go through surgery and knowing that we have to go through this again with cleft palate. But I don't know, you just, you just love on them and you're there for them. And I think at the end of a day, when the kid knows that they are loved and they're being cared for, that's the most important thing. And you just kind of hold them when the nights are rough and they're crying because they're in pain and you're just there for them. And whatever happens, you kind of just bear as much of the burden as you can and are strong for them and kind of push through it and reach out and get support when you need it. <laughs> That's great. I appreciate it.